how does the language we use to describe transport affect the way we value or use various forms of transport? Well, it's the time of day when you might consider questions such as this because it is the time of the day when the ABC's word wizard, Professor Rowley Sussex, OAM, Emeritus Professor from the School of Languages and Cultures at the University of Queensland, joins you to talk about words, language and linguistics. Professor Rowley Sussex on ABC Radio Brisbane and Queensland. Rowley, great to have your company again. You'd like to talk about transport and the way we talk about it, but you've also got a bit of homework you're keen to attend to. What first? I do, I do. First of all, dragging the chain, which Mm -hmm. is a sort of a transport word. Um, uh, The Wiktionary, which is online and is pretty good usually, says that uh, it happens when train carriages used to be connected with chains and hooks and if the chain fell off and dragged on the ground, it slowed the train down, which I'm afraid is wrong because it's Australian and New Zealand. Ha-ha! Take that, Wiktionary. Take that. In fact, it, it, it was first used in Australia in shearing sheds. If someone was dragging the chain, they were the slowest shearer in the shed and so obviously weren't working up to the pace of the other ones. And then it later came to mean other th- other things when people were slow. For example, if you're in a in a drinking school in a pub and you're the one who's not really keeping up with the rest, you're dragging the chain. But the source was probably bullock carts, oh, right. because they were hooked up to the cart by chains. And if one of the bullocks wasn't pulling its doing its fair bit, no, then the train would drag on the ground rather than being taut and pulling the cart along. So is the chain that's connected to bullocks and the chain and dragging the chain also the same chain used to measure out the width of roads? I don't think so. Well, I mean, they are, they are metal chains. They yes. are the rod, rod but a chain length. Chains. Chain is that a bullock chain length or was that completely different? No, this is different. This is, this is a, a surveying thing okay. which was used from trig points and things in the early days and, yeah. and the early surveyors were tough people. They were. Well, they were. They also shortchanged Brisbane because we're only one and a half chains wide in most major boulevards in the city, so not really boulevards at all. Oh, really? I didn't Unlike know those that. streets on the Hoddle Grid in Melbourne, which are at least two chains. And large country towns where you might need to reverse a bullock train would probably have a couple of chains yeah. width to it. However, the bullock chains probably gave us the phrase gentle Annie. Oh, really? Do you know what a gentle Annie is? No, do explain. Okay, if, you, if you ford across a river and the slope out of the river on the other side is nice and gentle and easy, that's a gentle Annie. That's a gentle Annie. Because occasionally these, these, these things, you know, they'd be loaded with, with hundreds of, yes. of bales of wool and so on. Yes. They weighed an enormous amount. Mm. And if the exit from the river was really steep, they had a real struggle getting out of there. Okay, so that's so gentle. a gentle Annie was a good idea. Not to be confused with a lazy Susan, but this is the fun that we have with Rolly on a Thursday afternoon. Professor Rolly Sussex is here. I'm Kat, and we're having a word in your ear about language and transport, Rolly. Mm. Thanks in part to a new book from Dutchland uh, looking at uh, vocabulary as it concerns transport and maybe the influence that car culture has had on the way we talk about travelling. I think they're right, you know. Okay. Because um, in the early years of the car, there was a rule that they couldn't travel more than either 12 or 14 miles an hour. And they had to have about 60 meters, sorry, 60 yards in front, a man with a red flag warning people on the road that a car was approaching. Car coming! Exactly. Because of the perceived danger for the majority of people moving through space who were moving through space on their own two feet. That's right. Or possibly on penny farthings. Were they pedestrians? Or did we have pedestrians only after we had automobiles? Well, everything was on the road. We didn't have 
uh, you know, sidewalks, you know, pavements or whatever, right, 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 until right. a bit later. And so everybody used the road and there were horses and there were carts and so on. So that's funny because now we have a footpath, which yes. is the path four feet, whereas previously the road was four feet. There was no delineation. Correct. But now... A road is, you assume, for vehicular traffic, bicycles there's and a, a scooter. There's a bike path, yeah. there's a footpath, okay. and the rest is for cars. Yeah. And we assume that the road is meant to be kept clear and unobstructed for the rapid passicle, passing of uh, internal combustion, m- infernal combustion machines. <laughs> this is you speaking as a cyclist, perhaps. Yeah, right. I'm Are you biased. a cyclist, a motorist? I mean, this is the other thing, isn't it? Because mm-hmm. you use probably many modes of transport throughout the course of a day, yet I, people identify themselves sometimes as one or the other. Is that helpful or harmful, Rolly? I think it probably confuses us. Mm. And th- there are some places like Berlin where they've got a one line which is actually written on the road for people. There's another one for cyclists and another, another one for cars. And it's really clear who belongs to what. But the, the cars have been taken over, taking over everything by default nowadays. And if you think about it, a zebra crossing is to protect pedestrians against cars, mm. not cars against pedestrians. Um, and a Belisha beacon, which used to be the British one, which was a, an orange light flashing where people could cross. And um, the, the whole idea about, about traffic and, you know, it, I think certain cities have become unlivable, like Delhi is, is very, very polluted. London, they've got rules about not taking a car into the centre of the city unless you get fined. I saw they were considering a congestion charge in New York City as well. They were, recently. and I'm not surprised because... Yeah. Uh, and, you know, in, in cities like that, you, you can pay phenomenal amounts of money just to park the rotten thing. Yes, um, that too. But then on top of that, I think... Um, there's a really interesting fact I came across, and it's not so a language for one, but I think it's important. Cars were one of the things that liberated women from being tied to the home. Because in the olden days, you had to go shopping and you walked. You trudged, Rolly, you trudged. in all probability, let's be yeah. honest. You were and probably bearing a hip on a child on hip and multiple bags of shopping. I'm, that's right. I'm sure you were trudging. Yes, or you sent the kids to the shops. Yes. Um, whereas nowadays, I mean, the, the car has liberated women from the confines of the house. So, by the way, did the washing machine. Hmm. Because washing day used to be an all-day thing and you started by chopping the wood to go in the copper to boil the clothes before you rinsed them in the trough, which is called a trough in Tasmania, by the way, before you put them through the ringer, which broke all your buttons, before you hung them out on the, on the line. And, you know, these, these... Anyway, I'm getting away from cars. Um, all sorts of things from car talk have passed into general usage. You know, better put on the brakes means we're trying to do something too fast. Yes. Uh, If we're going too slowly, you better step on the gas. Mm -hmm. Or if... If you're running on empty. If you're running on empty, you run out of gas. Gas is American, of course. Um, Overtake is, again, used sometimes not in actual physical motion on a space, but of other things. Um, And you might be... uh, Someone's a learner driver if they're learning how to... I don't know, do a swing or something. Which, you know, as, a, as, a, as someone, as a professor of language, Raleigh, I find fascinating because I think we agree the automobile has been in existence for how long now? Less oh, than a century, century-ish? Yes. About only a hundred or so years. A bit more, yeah. And in that time, it's had such an effect on the world we live in, mm. right down to the way we speak. Yeah. And for example, put the pedal to the metal, it's mm. an Americanism. Yeah. Really get your move on. Um, hit the road. 
Now, that, that was originally a car thing, or one for the road. Yes. Right, and that was before the days when you could limit alcohol. When you were, I don't think they ever used to find people for being drunk on a horse mm-hmm. in the olden days. Who knows? And there's a thing called the Rockford Turn. Okay. And that's when you put your car rapidly into reverse and then do an 180 and go roaring off forwards in the other direction. I've always wondered about shotgun when someone says, I'm riding shotgun. Gun. Yep, that was from the old horse and buggy days where the driver with, who was holding the reins and next to the driver was someone with a shotgun looking um, out for rubber, robbers and things to, okay. uh, to keep them off. And so shotgun means in the front seat next to the driver. Hmm. a position much favoured by kids riding with Dad. Yes, when you're uh, old enough to get out of the booster seat. When you is. are, yes. A road hog you know, is, is someone who tries to dominate, uh, even in a conversation. You're a bit of a road hog, just shut up. <laughs> okay. I've heard that. <clears throat> and, uh, you know, if we are, shall we say, our enterprise is in difficulties, we are at the crossroads. Um, in a sense, I almost have expected more car expressions because horses and ships, you know, sailing ships, yes. have left lots. I'm glad you mentioned ships because Dave at Roma writes, Hi, Kat. So if it goes by car, it's a shipment. If it goes by ship, is it cargo? Car- uh, Carmen, yes, that's right. Um, I'm sorry, but no, but this is, this is one of those silly things which English has done to us and I'm afraid we're not going to get out of it. Nice <laughs> observation. Thank though. you, Dave. We've been speaking about this this car culture and its effect on vocabulary because of the book titled Movement, How to Take Back Our Streets and Transform Our Lives by Talia Vercade and Marco T. Bromelstrot, um, which is possibly not the correct way to pronounce these Little Dutch bit. surnames, but I do apologise. It's been translated by Fiona Graham. Um, they're writing from, from the Netherlands, uh, you know, from Dutchland. Yes. Do we know, do you know from the languages you speak, whether it's just English that's concerned with cars to the extent oh, that no. we've discussed? No. Everywhere, Every... with the possible exception of uh, some bits of the uh, no, native languages in, in South America, up in you know, the Andes and so on. Right. But everywhere there's, that uh, there the cars, cars have been, mm. they've left an indelible mark because you can't do without them. Yes. Uh, and uh, everything that goes with them, the, the roads and the garages and the skills to drive. And, I mean, you know, have you got your driving licence yet? You might say to license a child ticket. who's trying to learn to ride a trike. Yes. Uh, yes. Um, there are car metaphors everywhere. But even in English there mm. are different words depending on what kind of English you're talking about. Georgie at Harvey Bay has got a point to make on this front. Hello, Georgie. Hi. How are you going, Kat? Well, thank you. Uh, tell us about the word you're interested in. Um, both my parents, grandparents, all the way back to Jesus in small pants were all English. Mm-hmm. And I grew up with the word lorry. And mm-hmm. to me, being an Aussie, it was a truck. I was wondering where lorry came from. Mm. It's 19th century and British, and it's possible that it comes from the, the, the person's name, lorry. It, it, sometimes these things have quite obvious but, but inexplicable origins. No one knows quite how it came about. But that is the best guess that the dictionaries have got, I'm afraid. You're dead right. Lorry in Britain is a truck everywhere else. Uh, Here we took early the American truck, Um, although we didn't take the American tractor for a prime mover. Uh, If you've got a a big truck consisting of one bit that does the pulling and a trailer that comes behind, the Americans will often call the prime mover the truck. Sorry, the tractor. Right. Which is, which so is would weird. lorry extend to a road train, like a big, long truck in the If UK, they had them or? in England, possibly, but the roads are too really. small. Okay. <laughs> yeah, right. And, and it's you not a could van. not have a road train in England. It yeah, just okay. would not fit. Okay. So right. a bloke called Lorry owned a truck and 
It was called a lorry. (laughs) (laughs) Could be. In in England, certainly. Could be. Good on you, Georgie. Thank you very much. Uh, Something slightly different from Paul in Townsville. We've been speaking about driving, and this is possibly something you don't want to mix with driving. Paul, hello. Hi, Kat. How are you? And hello, Rolly. Hello there. Um, just before I go to my question, yes, um, where we're talking about um, car terminology, etc. Yes, many many years ago, in a third world country, I'm not going to name it, um, when vehicles were more available to the general populace, there was a lot of brand new vehicles sitting beside the road because according to the fuel gauge e for empty actually stood for enough and f for full stood for finish (laughs) that's funny (laughs) Uh, that sounds like what's called a folk etymology Uh, I, i doubt if it's true but it's fun paul your question relates to beer if i'm not much mistaken what would you like to know um shipping actually um, going off the road transport. Yes. Um, Rolly, you, you're talking about a book from uh, Deutschland. Um, yacht, from memory, comes from the Dutch. Is it that does. Correct? Yes, yacht. Right. Now, thinking about that we used to have schooners mm-hmm. plying trade yes. across the oceans, mm-hmm. and yet how do we end up having the size of a beer glass in Australia called a schooner. Right. Uh, it comes from Dutch originally, uh, the word schooner, which means to skim along. And so a schooner was a rather rapid ship. It had at least two masts and was not a square rigger. Um, and these were the ones which won the prizes for the quickest trip between America and Britain and so on. Now, it was a boat, as you say, and then in Britain it became the word for a large measure of cider. And you've got to be careful when drinking cider because it neutralises your legs. Uh, You can talk, but you can't walk. (laughs) Right. And from the British thing of having schooner as the name for a a glass of cider, it passed into North America and Australia and New Zealand as a tall beer glass. And it's still used in some parts of Australia, I think in Victoria... And I'm not quite sure. 425 else. millilitres. What a woman. Equals a schooner. What do you know? Mm. But is it, the, the, the trouble is that there are some, I think it's pint, is, is different in different states. And if you look for, for Beer Glass Australia, you'll find that there are weird differences of yeah. names. and Pot Midi is often the one, inter- yes. interchangeable. And then you might have a pony and it's something completely different in Tasmania. Don't That's ask right. me what. Don't ask. Yep. <laughs> Just point to the glass and <laughs> oh, say, that I want one. that. Thank you. Um, but it was originally a sherry. Uh, sorry, a, a cider thing. Okay. Very good. Paul, thank you very much. Uh, Tucker is at Maruka. Hello, Tucker. What's your question or comment for Professor Rolly Sussex? Uh, Great. Yeah. Um, my name is Taka, as you mm. pronounced. Um, it should be spelled T-A-K-A, but uh, my name actually has been spelled like a T-U-C-K-E-L many mm. times by only Australians. Yes. Um, and even I've been asked, why did your parents name food? So, um, you know, it's a common question to be asked. So I just simply want to know why does the uh, uh, word 
Taka means food in Australia. Okay. Oh, great question. Thank you, Taka. Yeah, it's British. Um, 19th century, shortly after we were settled. And uh, in English, there is the phrase tuck in, which means eat up. And so to tuck is to eat. Or, 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 or be put into bed under sheets. Oh, yes. With the sheets wrapped. Yes, that's right. To tuck around in. you. Um, there's also um, the, the, another meaning of, of tuck is a piece of lace or linen, um, which is actually worn around the top of the bodice, no less. Oh, I see. Um, but you're, as in your best bib and tucker. Uh-huh. All right. These are phrases we don't use much oh, anymore. Because bib also has food association, doesn't it? It you does. Know, yes. Cover your finest clothes with your bib to prevent your... Dribbles and drools, damaging your silk and sundry Indeed, rolling. Indeed, yes. There's another tucker, which is an American one, which means to be tuckered out, and that means to be exhausted. Um, but basically the answer to your question is to tuck uh, is a British dialect word meaning to eat, and that's where tucker comes from, meaning food. Okay. There you go. Yeah. Thank you very much. Pleasure. Thank you, Tucker, at Maruka on ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland. My name's Kat and Rolly is here having a word in your ear. Almost time for your last word. Almost. Professor, but have you got a couple of other points okay. to share with us One of the afternoon? interesting things is that when you've got something as, as, as enormously important as cars, mm. you look for multiple words from different sources. And, in fact, there's a whole American vocabulary for cars parallel to the British one. Oh, wow, yeah. And we are gradually moving from the British to the American. Oh, so bye-bye lorry, as we have exactly. talked about Bonnet already. Exactly. and boot is giving way to hood and trunk. Don't tell me we're getting rid of ute. Ute is hanging in, and so is Tilly. Okay. For utility. Okay. Somewhere between Toowoomba and Mackay, there's a, there's there's a, a big, big, big group S- of Tillies. Swathe of Tilly talk and going it's, on. It's a Queensland thing. Boy, oh, boy. Windscreen or windshield. Uh, a, a station wagon used to be an estate car in Britain or a shooting break. I'm flabbergasted, rolling. That, that takes flabbergasted. you back to the 30s. Mm-hmm. So if you look at, at vocabulary on the web, say um, British American car vocabulary, you'll find there are masses of words, including tyre spelt with an I and tyre spelt with a Y. Mm. Uh, and we are gradually moving again in the American direction. It's huge. So this, this, I think, will show us that, that, you know, this is cars are so deeply embedded in our culture we can't avoid using car vocabulary. There you go. If you want more on the uh, origins of this conversation, look for the book Movement, How to Take Back Our Streets and Transform Our Lives uh, on ABC Radio Brisbane in Queensland. One last call slash comment before your last word, Professor, mm. and it comes from John in Rockhampton. Hello, John, go ahead. Hi, Professor, I have noticed that the word banging Mm. has come into common usage to mean excellent or good or uh, and so on. I just wonder where, what the derivation of that is. Oh, yeah, good one. That's very recent. Um, We are a bit short of words for approval, which aren't American, and this one is one I'm going to have to to look up a little bit. It It is known. But I haven't actually heard it much. Bang, because you hear "bang up job." Bang up, yes, and bang there are lots, up of, lots, lots of other bang words like um, uh, "bang on," yes, meaning which to is negative. Go on talking about but bang away, meaning you're chatting and havering. Because John, I know on the odd occasion, I might describe a song that I really like as a banger. Have you heard me say that? 
Yeah, yeah. And, that's, and, that's and you've gone, what is she on about? <laughs> that's a word that's used in relation to motor vehicles It is as too, well. and an old banger right. is, is, an, and is sausages. an old car. And sausages. But, yeah. And by the way, clapped out I'm, was something that's applied to cars, which has then gone much further forward, okay. and sausages. Okay, yes, yes bangers, <laughs> yeah. But how's it used in relation to cars, John? How's banger a car word? Uh, bangers are... Uh, description of an old motor vehicle mm. that's uh, broken down or oh. uh, um, it is make basically I suspect it's derived from the fact that it made noise in the exhaust system uh, and made bangs as it went the along. the valves were gone and it was having <laughs> yep. explosions in, after the muffler. Whereas yes. now, as you, as you quite rightly point out, banging or banger is, mm. um, is a word that might be used in a positive way. Okay. I'll be interested to find out what you find out. I Some will. more homework for next I week, will. Professor Rolly Sussex. John, thank you. Um, your last word, please, Professor. From a British writer called Morpurgo, um, who said, and I'm, I'm not sure I've got the words 100% right, if God had intended me to walk... He wouldn't have invented the, more, the automobile. <laughs> or the bicycle. Or uh, the bicycle. It, as it may. Rolly, thank you. A pleasure and a privilege.